it's that breaking into a new awareness of themselves, whether it be health-wise, nutrition-wise, physically, physical capacity. It's it's watching somebody step into a new version of themselves. It's awesome. And to how however minute our influence may have been, like he'll he'll go on all his surf trips now as a different person, as a different surfer. And to have somehow helped and influenced that, like that's what I'm here for, is to just help spread positive information that people are able to use to positively impact themselves. That's it, man. That's the kick. It took me a while to figure that out. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a Mindset and Performance Coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. This is Chris Miles. He is far from being the average PT guy that you will meet in your neighborhood's gym. Chris is a surf strength coach who dedicated most of his adult life helping surfers, people, and athletes improve their potential with movement, exercise, nutrition, and the foundations of athleticism. The surf strength coach is a public figure who is known for his surfing strength exercises. His videos are all over the internet, from the inertia to magic seaweed to YouTube. His success is strongly linked to him being clear about what he wants to get out of life and have gone after it with furious determination. Chris's primary intention is to help people improve upon themselves so that they may not only surf better and more, but also become more injury resistant and learn how to look after themselves actively. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you calling me from? Yelling up. West Australia. Nice. How do you like it down there? It's one of the best places in the world, man. West Australia is just, it's big and wide open and there's not much population. So it's a lot of just wide open spaces. And, you know, we can go take a walk on the beach and just be just me and Fiona most of the time if we want to. So it's, it's good. It's a part of the world. Beautiful. Hopefully I'll have the chance to visit at some point soon. Yeah. Especially maybe in the next couple of months because uh, it's nice weather. It's summer. Yeah. It's epic here for the next couple of months. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, So most of people know you for uh, your surf fitness exercises, right? Like, but what else do you do? How do you actually introduce yourself to people when you meet them? Oh, so my partner Fiona says I'm horrible at it. So, <laughs> so like I need a much better elevator spiel. But essentially nowadays, I work predominantly with surfers, and we look to improve their health and performance, ultimately to influence their surfing. But it's anything from rehab and pain relief to looking into nutrition to massage therapy, and then into the performance realms of training. So essentially trying just to get people healthier and more capable so that they can keep doing what they want to in life. And generally nowadays, for me, that is mostly with surfers. Um, so that is kind of the spiel. You know, it's, it's all about having a fully functioning body and whatever that means from person to person can kind of differ. But ultimately, again, it is so that they can surf and keep doing something that they really want to with themselves. That sounds to me quite specific and clearly articulated. <laughs> you, 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 spot, man, if you caught me at a cocktail party, I would have screwed that up for sure. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just could probably be condensed. You know, I can ramble on with it. Oh, nice, nice. Um, okay, so, all right, so it's quite holistic. It's quite holistic looking at nutrition and physical stuff and everything. But how, how the question that comes to mind now is like how different is your service than other trainers service is it because of the holistic aspect of it or 
what 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 would what people think of you or what would they see say about you when they give you reviews and how would you compare that to other trainers I think the term holistic, it's something that the, the health field caught on to the last five years and it mm. has kind of turned into a very generic concept. Um, but essentially, most people come to trainers and it's solely for the aspect of fitness. And, and that is a really relevant component. But what people fail to understand is that fitness is health. You need to prioritize health over fitness. And social media and, and what we have moves towards and toward in terms of the realms of health ha hasn't been health oriented it has been physique oriented and and dietary restriction oriented so health is a lot more encompassing so if somebody does come to see me and they want to get fit well we need to look at them orthopedically so i have a strong background in rehab as well as remedial massage therapy and uh, a bunch of physical therapy oriented work and so we need to start looking at them orthopedically can joints move? Do they have restrictions? Um, so what is their overall movement capacity? <clears throat> As well, we need to look at your sleep. What is your what is stress events somebody is dealing with in life? Emotional stress and lack of sleep will trump any other thing somebody is trying to do in terms of their health. And so if those things aren't really in order, followed by nutrition, fitness is out the door. And so it need that is what to me it's all connected it, it's 100 connected man like you're aware of that you see that with whom you work that that physical capacity and physical abilities can be improved or neglected in a sense because of mental emotional issues nutritional deficiencies lack of sleep which is a huge stressor upon the system so nowadays you know it's it's I am looking at somebody comes to me for fitness, but they end up looking at a lot other areas of their life that they may not have previously and starting to understand how all those things impact their capabilities. And again, for me, that's often surfing. So I've got a guy with um, some severe low back issues that we're working with together. One of the primary things that we've been working on hasn't been movement so much it's been dialing in his nutrition engaging his pain levels with his sleep because if he doesn't sleep much and he eats like shit his gut gets inflamed blood sugar dysregulation because of lack of sleep increases all kind of the the nociception the pain awareness and and so that's that's what somebody is getting differently from me is a larger scope of understanding and looking outside just oh i need to get on the treadmill for 45 minutes Mm, I see. So let's say I'm, I'm I'm a new client. I'm your client now, and I reach out to you to tell you the simple thing: How can I improve my my surfing? And so where, sir, so where would you start with with me now? Like, uh, I would need a three to five day food log minimum, mm -hmm. a pretty comprehensive health questionnaire that's looking at digestive health, sleep, thyroid issues, kind of a very think of a really in depth almost doctor visit questionnaire. And then we start looking at movement and then we're going to start looking at injury history. And then after all of that stuff, and we've done some postural evaluation and I've seen your nutrition and we get an idea of home life and stress life and work life. Then we start looking at movement and your goals and seeing if your goals are anywhere near in the vicinity of what you can actually accomplish and what time frames you think are normal, right? So generally what we see, somebody has a goal and they think they can achieve it in eight weeks and really it's like in eight months. And so it's, it's getting people to see the, if it's realistic, if their expectations match up with what can actually happen. Um, and again, it's, it's that more comprehensive process. So we take a look at your food. Can food. you do that remotely with me? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Through questionnaires. Um, we'd have some Skypes like we're kind of doing now. Movement stuff is a little, if you're experiencing some severe pain issues, I would refer you out to a, a good physio or chiro or osteo, but all the other stuff is easily dealt with. Excellent. Okay. I might sign up as well, actually. <laughs> Do it, man. I'd be keen to see how you go with things. I'm sure we could share some insights. <laughs> For sure. So you mentioned surfers. Like, um, what level of, uh, of surfers do you deal with? Like, people, are they like only the advanced, like beginners, the average Sunday surfer? Who do you work full with? Spectrum. Full Absolute spectrum. Full spectrum. From Kids? total beginners 
to weekend warrior kind of capable surfers to I was surfing this morning with a buddy um, who we're also now doing some work together. And he is charger like Piahi Jaws kind of charger. And and so it's that everything in between that the idea of the concept of what your body requires it's kind of same across the board in terms you need to be healthy, healthy, you need to be able to move well. It just, when we start looking at extremes for again, that, that fellow that we were surfing with this morning, his body just needs to be capable of a bit more things, but he still needs to be able to move well. He still needs to support it with sleep, with nutrition, quality thought processes, um, positive thinking, if you will. And yeah, so full spectrum, man, that's a ramble, but yeah, everything from weekend warrior to total beginners to shredders. Excellent. Um, uh, I want to ask you, how did you start this all from the beginning? Uh, what made you choose this field of work in the first place? So I and I have a four-year uni university degree. Um, I was getting ready to go to law school. and Law school? Yeah, I was initially going to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a, um, a federal prosecutor, in a sense, in the States. Huh. And so... Um, I had been surfing off and on a lot. You know, I grew up in Florida, in and out of Central America for trips through college. And then out of finishing college, instead of going right into law school, I took a year off and traveled. Uh, went to Central America again for a while, went to Australia for nearly a year, went and did Europe. And by the end of that, was very aware of the fact that I did not want to be a lawyer. Um, and so a few years of bartending and partying and a lot more surfing, um, I started getting more into the realms of health and fitness, you know, kind of started doing some personal training. I'd always been fitness oriented since I was young with sport and, and started getting really tired of bartending. And so started doing my first personal trainer cert when I would have been about, I don't know, 23 or something. I'm 36 now. Oh yeah. And after okay, but like the the first in the first place, like what made you even choose the law school in the beginning? Was it an influence from parents, or uh, that's something that you were growing up looking for to, to do? I look back and I don't know what really had cemented it. Like it was more of social ideals around professionalism, being a lawyer is a good job. Um, oh, and I see. And so, you know, in, in the States, you've got to kind of declare your major when you're 18. Who the fuck knows? Most people don't know what they want to do with themselves when they're 18. So here I am kind of entering college. And I'm like, okay, yeah, hmm. I'll do law, kind of criminal justice. Um, and I see. But uh, was there any kind of influence? Like who influenced your, your life uh, or most of it? Would you say somebody from family or some public figure? No, in terms of career choice or initially, that was pretty much on me. In fact, I've had conversations now with my parents that I wish they had kind of pushed me towards the medical realms like, and gone and gotten a doctorate. And we had had those conversations and I didn't want any of it. Like I distinctly remember my mom and dad having that conversation with me. I was like, nah, and, and just kind of kept trudging along towards the law thing because I didn't, I didn't know what else I wanted to do. Mm. And... And so from that professional realm, there honestly wasn't this huge influence in terms of life. Yeah. Huge, like, oh, I owe myself and where I'm at at the moment to my mother. 100%. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, well, what kind of she, things was she telling you? Like, uh, is there kind of words that you keep on thinking of or did you have in the back of your mind when you think of her? Some things she used to tell you? It wasn't so. She was just exceptionally supportive. Um in terms of whatever myself or my sister wanted to do, like she's a very clear-headed, astoundingly rational, like she should be a therapist, very rational, well-spoken, articulate individual. And, and so when I was like, hey, I don't wanna go to law school, I'm going to travel for a year. You know, it was, it was a pro-con conversation if this is what I would view as the best for my personal development, you know, just, just open to me kind of choosing my own path. Um, but I would say professionally, I was lost, man. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. There wasn't a, this, there wasn't a figure, um, that I, I looked up to specifically until I started getting into the health realm. And then some names and some people started popping up that I started to learn from and kind of not idolize in a sense, but view 
that they're doing things I would like Being to do. Being inspired by, right? Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. man. That's it. Can you name some of them? So initially it was Paul Check. Um, he did the Check Institute. I've learned most of what I'm doing now. I have learned from that man and his teachings. Um, a, he's probably been one of the more influential ones in terms of my educational background. Um, and then, oh, as of lately, some names, uh, there hasn't, you know, the last few years, there's been bits and bobs here and there. Um, but more so I'd, I'd probably say Paul Check with the Czech Institute. That's had the biggest influence on me professionally the last probably 10 years. I see. Okay. All right. So then you decided to, to pursue personal training, you said, right? That's where we left it. Yeah. Yeah. Personal uh -huh. training. And you know, that goes down the rabbit hole of, I want to know more. I need to know more. Um, and then there goes, you know, the last 12 years of study and internships and secondary education. And so here we are today, you know, about what, 12 years later or something. 12. Okay. Wow. And then, then you can, you knew back then, what were you thinking? You knew that this is what I'm going to do, or let's just give it a try and see where it's going to lead me to. Yeah. Initially it was, let's give it a try. Um, and, and as it evolved, and I started meshing it with my insane need, like physical yearning need to surf. I just started to kind of combine those two realms um, and saw, saw kind of a need for some of my skill sets um, and being able to combine it with, again, people that also have this deeper need to surf and want to continue partaking. And so I can kind of help them out in that, that process. Mm. Awesome. So, so looking looking back now to um, to all the processes, everything that you have been doing to build the large audience you have now, and everything that you have created, do you consider yourself successful? Oh, so Fiona and I, again, Fiona is my girlfriend. Um, we have these conversations on. If I reflect from a ten thousand foot view, yes, I have been successful. But I'm not satisfied yet. Yes, very well put. <laughs> very well. Put. <laughs> okay, so what is your level of satisfaction today? If you're gonna put a scale, a number on it from one to ten, ten has been super satisfied. So one thing I've had to do the last couple of years is I've dealt with some heavy bouts of depression, probably in the, not clinical, but I've had to really reassess how I frame things and reflect and work a lot more on gratitude. So as of today, it's 1.18 PM in the afternoon. Today is literally a 10 out of 10, but I have to sit there and take the time and look at what have I done today? Am I living to my values? Am I honestly doing things that I am here for? And I have been, but it's taken time for me to honestly reflect upon that where and so yeah as a whole most of my days are probably eight nines out of tens with the understanding i've got a lot more to accomplish in the coming years so how does uh, your self-talk looked like or sounded like when you were not happy what did you say to yourself oh man like have you ever been in a dark place yourself i have been oh yes it was a couple you know that, of years ago, four years ago, five years ago, I think, yeah. I think most people probably have. And the, the depth, I can speak for my own self. And obviously, I do have insight working with clients. And everybody I have ever worked with and everybody I've opened up to about this has been through something similar on their own scale. And so personal self-talk, man, it'd get really bad, like in terms of like, what am I even doing? Like, is it, is, am I of any value whatsoever? Why the fuck am I doing this? Why is this happening to me? And so again, it's just that negative cyclical loop where it almost, I've never self-harmed. I wouldn't ever, I would never commit suicide, but I've even spoken to therapists about this. The brain goes there and you start thinking about these what if kind of things. And so there's some dark shit, man. But again, I think that's, part of this process of being really self-driven and having to go through some traumatic events in life and then coming out of it. Um, so yeah, man, like I was, I would talk to myself the way I wouldn't talk to anybody else. Mm, I see. That's yeah. Fun. So, yeah. so what, what kind of, uh, mental skills did you employ to get out of it? Mm. Or mental skills or other type of skills? Like, I mean, for example, you could have been going surfing, 
that's not necessarily yeah. a mental skill that could have helped you get out of it or maybe just to talk like you said with your therapist or with your girlfriend what did you employ there uh so are you familiar with joe dispenza you know, oh he's yes in the for sure mm-hmm. yes yeah, so, you know i like his stuff man a lot of the basic joe dispenza stuff meditation. is great yeah meditation some of the basic meditation focusing in, in the morning a few minutes on gratitude as well as the evening but doing it in such a way that you start to emotionally feel it. So there's that physical feeling as well as mental and emotional feeling. Um, taking time to reflect. So again, that's that whole gratitude kind of thing. This is easier than me now saying it from when, you know, I'm not in the thick of the shit at the moment. Like when somebody is in the shit, it's hard to start maybe employing all of these actions. But um, I, the, being becoming aware of the self-talk and starting to a become aware and then to stop it that was probably one of the biggest things that has been helpful secondly is man starting to talk to somebody and it's just in terms of being able to vent at times that has been immensely helpful because i'm a really analytical individual and i will cycle through stuff in my head over and over and over and i just need to get it out i need to articulate it i need to vent it and verbalize it so that i can kind of move on mm-hmm. uh, so that's been let's put on, let's pull on on the on the self-awareness board uh, point that you just mentioned like how how would you um how to ask the question here like how would you would someone to turn on that self-awareness is there some kind of tools or, or, or something that can help them to to tune in and turn on that self-awareness to be aware of what they're saying to themselves because you know self-awareness is the first step to uh, growth or change and improvement yes absolutely that's a tough question man and that uh, like did what helped you get aware of it for example i think not to sound like an asshole or egotistical but i think i'm i've always been very self-aware maybe because of being really analytical and self-driven. I've always been pretty self-aware, but I think what most people need to start coming to to terms with is just start with the basis of reflecting and and becoming just listen to you need to start catching yourself with that self-talk because it becomes this habit, habitual pattern, right? It's coming from that kind of deep emotional centers of the brain in a sense, not necessarily the rational cognitive centers. And and so if almost like a stop sign, right? You've got to catch it, immediately start catching it and becoming aware of it and then starting to look deeper. You need to start asking questions. And so the biggest thing I can say, like I had an email from somebody just the other day that was going through some heavy stuff, just life stuff, right? And I sent him several Joe Dispenza videos and there's other great stuff out there. It's just that it was something I had watched at one point. And it's that laying down in the morning, doing some kind of meditation and working on some gratitude and then making a concerted effort throughout the day to catch yourself falling into those verbal accusatory patterns again. I think that's been biggest for me is that I can catch it and I'll still maybe go there and it'll still start happening, but I do a better job of pulling myself out of it. Um, I don't feel that this type of coaching arena isn't my skill set. I'm able to talk to people about it and clients, but in terms of giving concrete things to work on and employ, that's where I would defer to somebody like yourself or somebody else that is doing more of the kind of psychology-based coaching. I see. Okay, so we talked about the mental skills that you employed to get out of depression and the sadness that was happening in in the past years. I would like us to go uh, and look now at the mental skills or other skills that you employed actually to build what you have built so far, to be as successful as you are today. So large audience videos on YouTube, wide range of programs from nutrition to rehab, recovery and all of that. It must have taken a lot of energy and a lot of focus and a lot of mental strength as well, right? Yes, and some naive bullheadedness. <laughs> like, <laughs> the people have asked, like, you know, how did you do it kind of thing? 
and because it's still a work in progress. What people need to largely, largely understand is that it is so immensely a work in progress. And I look back on stuff from 12 months or 24 months ago, and I just like slap myself in the face and shame and embarrassment. So it's, it's this ongoing need to continue to improve, but largely I've just been really diligent and bullheaded about it that I keep what it, this whole process started, man, because I made a YouTube video like seven or eight years ago because I saw somebody else do a YouTube video and I was like, I could do better than that. Like I have better information. I think I have a better way. So I just started doing it and then I've just stuck with it. And it's only because I think it is in such a base foundation of this is me, like 100%, this is who I am, a freakishly like devout surfer, as well as being so passionate and intentioned towards health and performance and figuring that stuff out. So like none of my social media, none of it's been fake. Like it is me through and through. 100% and so I genuine. That, yeah, I think that has been one of the reasons I've been able to stick with it because a lot of it's hard, man. Like social, you watch some of those videos on magic seaweed of me. Yep. Look at those. Comments. That's where I found you the first time. Epic, man. Like go back, look at that video and read some of those comments below that video. And people are tearing me to pieces. And so like, <laughs> you know, that's the world we live in, but it's, it's taken this continued awareness of like, this is me. I think this is good information. This is going to help somebody. Let's keep building upon this. And then I've just stuck with it and, and tried to figure out ways to essentially make my life passion into something that can fund my life, a business in a sense. When looking back now, do you think you could have done something differently? Uh, I could have probably hired some business coaches at some point in the way a bit earlier, but I think overall it's happened quite well, almost organically in a sense, because nothing has happened too fast. The reason, one of the reasons I haven't pumped out way more programs and way more apps or whatever the case may be is because I've wanted to make sure this shit is legit and that it works with people and that it's trialed and tested. And so if I was less, um, if I didn't give a shit, I probably could have made things happen faster. But since I really want this all to be genuine and helpful and effective and efficient, it's probably taken a bit longer. Perfectionist? A hundred percent, man. Like it's hard to throw yourself and your ideas and your work into this social media space. Like those people are so, they're, carnivorous man like so <laughs> so you know it's one of those things like you, you got to get it good and then put it out to the world and, and see see if it works in a sense i, I think um, you're gonna get criticized whether you do a good job or not like you, you oh. did you ever come across a youtube video whatever like a movie or anything without <laughs> negative likes that's There's it man. always it's thousands so of likes positive one and down likes for sure. And so that's funny, right? Because that's how our brain works anyways. Like I've heard the, the reference point of you need three positives to outweigh one negative because we're from a from an instinctual standpoint, we're wired for negativity in terms of safety, security, being alert. So man, I'll read one negative comment and I'm just, I'll just brood over it. So over the last probably year or two, I've really gotten to the point where I'm just like, I don't give a shit, like whatever. Somebody is going to hate no matter what. Exactly. And so, got to keep doing what you can and throwing out some positivity. Yeah. So what is the most challenging parts of this journey? What is the most, uh, you know, uh, as a, as a business owner, what is the most challenging part? It's probably been just time management because mm -hmm. I never got into this to be like, you gotta wear all the hats, right? Like you know, wear the hat of the coach yes. and the business owner and the CEO and the manager and the project manager. That's it. Very much so. And you mm. you see now social media has allowed for fitness and health oriented people, like as a job, to basically only do it through the realms. They're online practitioners, right? And that has never been my sole goal. Like I see patients one-on-one -on -one every single day. And that is me. Like I constantly want to be a better one-on-one -on -one practitioner, trainer, therapist, coach. So being able to juggle that 
and also handle all of the online stuff, wrapping my head around how to make websites, Facebook ads, filling international trips, getting insurance coverage for it's it's time management and how to disperse myself and still go surf and still maintain a relationship and not sit in front of the computer all day, every day. That's probably been the biggest difficulty. That's what most of people I, don't see. It. Not at all, man. They mm. see, you know, they see the boat trips and stuff and that's epic, but not all the behind the scenes stuff. And again, like I'm going to sit down and probably do two or three hours of computer stuff today. And I saw clients all this morning and I'm going to see another client this evening at 6 30 PM. Okay. Tell us about that. Like you mentioned boat trip, you mentioned meeting clients. So what, what are the kind of services that you offer, um, that people can take from you? There's also the free stuff like YouTube videos that are all of there with free content. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for offering this opportunity, man. Cause yeah, it is, it is, I'm getting to put my work out there. So hugely appreciate it. So, um, in terms of the internet stuff, there are fitness programs, training programs. We're releasing new programs with over the next couple months, actually. Um, so basically a 12 week program of getting your movement and body back in terms of its relation to surf. We just released a, a full program going over how to essentially fix a pop-up. Like I have, doing our surf trips and now having been online for a while, I get people reach out issues with their pop-up all the time. And so that is now a full program. And then online coaching services where I do program design and consultation and nutrition consultation and work with clients all over the globe in terms of Skype. And now we're running surf coaching trips as well. We're doing four a year where um, myself and a world-class technique coach, we take surfers on a boat trip or a land camp at various destinations across the world. And we work with them for 10 to 12 days and technique coaching and movement and how to keep themselves capable and healthy. Um, so yeah, one a good friend of mine talked to me about that the first time, I think uh, a little over uh, six months ago, she told me she joined one of your trips and that awesome. sounded extremely good. I think you, you have met her Jara. She's from Australia also. She's great. Awesome. Yeah. 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 She did one of our trips just in um, in March. I unfortunately had to leave that trip a few days early. Um, but yeah, I yeah. heard. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, great girl. She's doing cool things with herself as well. Um, and so, yeah, running some trips now. So that's been – I never thought that that would happen. And we're on like our fourth or fifth year now of running trips. And it has become this thing unto itself that, you know, people get to take a boat trip and focus – solely on improving surfing is one of the hardest from a skill perspective it is one of the most difficult skill ladders to climb and i heard people that use, before yes i agree with you they do no coaching and it's it's insane it doesn't make sense you're trying to just figure it out on your own one of the most difficult technically demanding sports there is and so we now take trips where we're showing people how to climb that ladder a bit more efficiently and how to look at surfing differently for the next couple of years and decades of their life. So that's been super rewarding um, and absolutely incredible. Do you have an experience that sticks out when you think about all the memories and the people that you have been working with and the trips you have been uh, on board uh, on? So yeah, somebody that's, that impacted Every you. Every one of those trips kind of has a few different ones and at a, different, a few different scales. And so... Um, we had one fella on a recent trip, he'd been going through some life stuff, right? So as we all do, so there's this mental, emotional stress. And then some of the ways we are encountering were a bit over what he considered himself to be capable of. And what we've come to really realize is usually it's a mental hangup. Yes, there could be skill involved, but usually it's a fear and anxiety and intimidation thing. And then add on top of that, all of these home life issues, you know, and then on day about seven or eight, something just clicked. And suddenly he became not only a different surfer, but an entirely different person. And so that's, that's why we're running these trips. Like it's not only a surf trip, but we're looking to potentially impact and influence people in all areas of their life. And you don't know how it's going to reach. Suddenly you have a good wave that day and who knows what type of positive influence that's going to have in other surrounding areas of life. Or maybe they learn how to look after their nutrition a bit better and their partner at home is a type two diabetic and they get to start sharing that information. Um, so 
usually it's the smaller stuff like that, like suddenly learning how to do a turn for the first time because they're opening their hips and throwing their shoulders and it's just this smile. Or one the thing that really sticks out, like you can tell I get excited about this stuff. We I had a, hear, a yeah, for sure. <laughs> competent, competent surfer at HTs. Um, and we knew he was competent and he was, he was not out of his league. Again, he was, the fear was getting him. So me and the other coach were like, dude, you go sit at the top. And when we tell you to go, you go. And we yelled at him to go on the How set big wave. are the waves? Oh, that would have been solid five foot. And mind you, I live in WA now. So like, I'm probably a bit off scale in terms of what I, it was solid, like well overhead. Um, and so like, when we say you go, you go. And there's high tide, plenty of water on the reef. Like he wasn't in danger, right? And he got smoked, like absolutely hammered. But he came up absolutely grinning and laughing and the fear was gone. And so he went right back to the top and then had probably one of the waves of his life. Excellent. <laughs> so what gives you the kick actually? When, when you see people like that accomplishing things? Yeah, it's, it's just that, it's that breaking into a new awareness of themselves, whether it be health-wise, nutrition-wise, physically, physical capacity. It's, it's watching somebody step into a new version of themselves. It's awesome. And to how, however minute our influence may have been, like he'll, he'll go on all his surf trips now as a different person, as a different surfer. And to have somehow helped and influenced that, like that's what I'm here for is to just, help spread positive information that people are able to use to positively impact themselves. That's it, man. That's the kick. It took me a while to figure that out. Um, that's, that's quite it. clear. Yeah. Nice, nicely articulated again. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you the question, what are you after working with people? But I think you answered that question quite well. Um, so what do you think about the whole surfing industry? Is it going the right direction here? Um, uh, do, is there something that you think can be improved in terms of athletic level, high performance level? It's, it's funny you ask, because I often don't look at myself within the surf industry. Like it's, it's weird. I've always, I've never floated around in the pro circuits, you know, like I'm not tied into the big brand industries. So I've always kind of seen myself almost as an outlier in a sense but now it's cause suddenly like like your question, obviously, like I am a part of this whole surf thing that has become. Um, whether it's in the right direction, I think it's going in cool directions. Um, with the advent of wave pools, we're gonna start seeing a very different surfer evolve. Um, from a professional standpoint, I think people are now becoming astoundingly more aware of of training and mental preparation and physical preparation and its interrelations with the sport. I think you're going to keep seeing crazy leaps and bounds in terms of professional ability. Um, one thing I had a cool conversation with somebody recently. I think what you're going to see is professional level surfing in a sense, almost stagnate a bit. And let me let me elaborate on this as to why, because it doesn't sound right. Look at John John Florence and Jordy Smith and those type of airs. Like it's mental and it's so massive. And all those guys that are starting to do really massive, advanced and heavy surfing are starting to have nasty injuries that keeps them out for a season. And so professional surfing is going to be this kind of, it's almost got to keep a lid on skill level. Does that make sense? Because they can't go so hard for risk of injuring themselves because there goes their job and career. So that's why I think pool surfing, like look at what Medina and Felipe Toledo did at the wave pool. Like that caliber of surfing is mental. It's so high level, but you can't do that type of stuff in big raw surf for fear of tearing a knee apart. Injury or for an sure, knee. yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think more and more people are, the whole health awareness thing has shifted a lot over the last decade and people are just becoming more switched on as to, I got to keep my body kind of capable of doing this whole surfing. And that's where, that's why I've been partially successful is just because people are becoming more aware of that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. 
All right. Okay. So, right in a business like yours, I believe it's、uh, ups and downs.、Uh, a lot of challenging aspects come in、uh, on daily basis, like weekly basis or monthly basis, something like that. How do you keep things together?、Uh, what are what are your rituals actually? Your personal rituals? What do you do in the morning? What do you do in the evening? When do you surf? Every morning, get up. Take a pee, drink some water, and I do fifteen to twenty minutes of stretching, which for me is kind of meditative,、um, and that just kind of gets my headspace right. And then I am not, and this has been something that has kind of been changing. I need to get more detailed and analytical. Like I, I kind of have a weekly to do list, but I'm not a day to day schedule it out day planner. And that's something I need to do to start managing my efficiency better. Um, but in terms of rituals, there hasn't been anything big. I make sure I get in movement every day. If it's not training, I go for a walk on the beach. Like I've got to be in the sun in some type of movement at some point.、Um, you mentioned meditation. Do you do that on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. In、mm -hmm. the evenings, I tend to. In the evenings, I'll do about. I'd say, if I'm really honest, four out of seven evenings a week, I'll get in fifteen to twenty minutes of meditation, and that's like some. A bit of breath work at、mm -hmm. first, kind of working on some CO2 tolerance stuff, and then I'll just drop in. I'll listen to binaural beats or Tibetan sound、um, bowls through some headphones, and just sit there and breathe and and try to stop thinking. What about、um, training and exercising? You're quite fit. Quite fit for the most part, but I've actually the last couple of years I went through some some heavier health issues, and so I've had to really. Watch and manage my energy output a lot more than the normal person would. So I train a lot less intensely than most people think.、Um, I just I think have gotten really good at managing the dosage.、Um, most people, if they would get their sleep right and their mind right and their food right, would not need to train anywhere near as hard as they do.、Um, and so yeah, training. I get in some movement almost every day, man. I do a fair bit of foundation training each week. Um, I do a fair bit of kind of lower level aerobic energy work. I prefer a row machine or even some jump roping, and then、um, I'll do a couple strength lifts each week, whether it be some heavy Turkish get-ups, some kettlebell swings, some plyometric work. But it's a lot lower dose than a lot of people think. How、and、about、read. nutrition? Oh, read. Oh, Did you say read? Yeah, I read just about every day something. something. What do you read? I usually alternate through some science fiction books and then、um, either some anatomy kind of clinical oriented training stuff or like some self help stuff. I'll eat up a lot of the self help kind of stuff. Would like、so、actually, that kind a, of stuff for sure. I'm reading. I think. I think I'm reading. I don't think I am reading. Is it the? Oh, it's a Joe Dispenza book. How to? Oh, I could look at the title. It's one of his bigger ones. Like. Anyways, good.、Reading. What about nutrition? Yeah, my nutrition's dialed in, man. Like, I eat clean. I don't prescribe to any particular. I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. I eat clean animal protein, whole bunch of vegetables, fair bit of carbohydrate. It's just clean, man. Like, if you know, so for breakfast, got up, had a coffee, went and surfed, got in the car, and then I had a smoothie that was. Pumpkin, blueberries, some beetroot, bunch of spinach, bunch of kale, some cucumber, coconut cream. That was breakfast. For lunch, when we get off here, I'm gonna have、um, some curried chicken wings with cabbage.、Um, so yeah, just kind of that whole clean, cleaner eating in a sense. But through years of kind of being unwell and self-tracking and self-modulating, I think I'm just really self-aware. I can read my bodily reactions probably a bit more than most, so I can kind of self-modulate throughout the day. If I train a bit heavier, I surf a lot. Eat more food. Following day, if I'm not doing as much and just kind of chill, I might decrease on some calories a bit. Oh, and I eat a lot of homemade banana bread. Fiona, my partner, makes I love her. Fantastic banana bread. She's a photographer, right? An incredibly talented photographer. Everybody, go follow at Fiona Peters on Instagram. Yeah,、Beautiful. I'm gonna put the links on the on the notes of the podcast for sure. Yeah, I came yeah, across her photography. I think about three or four years ago. She's done well, and so that's she and I have an incredible relationship. It's been tough, but she and I both have kind of walked the path of social media and trying to create our own ideas of 
professionalism and, and, you know, so we get to travel a fair bit, which is incredible and live a life that is maybe a bit less typical than a normal, you know, nine to fiver in a sense. And you're doing the same. So congratulations, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm uh, riding that, that new responsibility with being a dad, actually. He's seven oh, wow. months old. Very cute. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. I just Absolutely. actually posted a picture today about uh, with me and him, uh, the baby boy Noah, on my Instagram. You can have a look. Beautiful. I certainly will. <laughs> so okay. what is a big thing you've now yeah. learned? Let's flip it, man. Big One big thing you've learned now about being a father. What has changed? I like that. I like that because I like when it's a conversation where we ask questions back, back and forth. So I would say the first thing is time management because before yes. baby i was like okay i don't have time to do anything i was like packed back to back things and i was thinking okay how am i going to be able to handle that with having a baby on top of everything that i have to do and it's yeah, basically sir. the same thing like you do like i have to spend a lot of time behind the computer doing the admin stuff and the marketing and so on and also the time that i spend either traveling or connecting with uh, with clients online or face to face so yeah, yeah that was number one is time management and also working on in chunks chunks of time so usually i would be the, that type of guy that when you sit I focus, I have a strong, strong, uh, intense focus where I can even maybe forget to eat or go and pee or anything. And I wouldn't like it if my uh, focus is interrupted by anything. But now I learned, okay, you can do half an hour, go, go cuddle baby boy, spend some time with him, go back to work. And that was yes. challenging actually, but yeah, it's a, it's a, a, now I can, I'm proudly saying that I, uh, I can handle that better and I'm proud of it. Well done. A lot yes. of things, of course, babies, cute, spending time with them. Uh, what else can I say? He, um, I'm thinking a lot about what I do around him, how we speak, how we interact, me and my wife, because I, of everything we know about like everything you do now the, the babies at this age they, their brain is like a sponge they just absorb everything and store it in the subconscious and it can have either positive or negative influence on them when they grow up so i'm very careful of what we do and trying as best as i can of course to be spontaneous mm. that's i think you know the environment that that child is raised in and uh the energy and the communication and everything that you are introducing to that environment. Like it's a little sponge. Mm. It is, you are creating this little individual. Um, there's something really fascinating. Uh, his name is Jacques. Uh, I forget his last name, but he, he, um, he's kind of this new age philosopher, brilliant man called, he did something called the Venus project. But anyways, he, I believe with his grandchild had, taught that child prior to being able to speak to be able to communicate through color incredibly well asking for food needing to go to the bathroom so again like we almost put these mental constraints on our assumptions of what these little incredible beings the they are the progression of our species right the dna um evolution uh, they're capable of probably much more than we might uh, give them credit for so yeah i'll find that video man i'll send it to you it's really fascinating yes please send me all those links because i think our audiences will be very interested in in following everything we read and everything you do actually and uh your aspirations inspirations and everything for sure um what are your projects for the future immediately we are in the process of getting ready to release an app soon uh-huh when you say that we is... Who, who who is we I'm working with a fellow based in Bali. So this oh. is finally one of the few things that has probably held back some of my growth and development professionally, like in terms of the business has just been, I've been at it by myself and I, it's just impossible. And so, um, I met a dude who's a surfer legend of a guy and, and quite technically savvy. So if you need some help with that, man, I'll put you in touch. You guys can meet up for a wave. That's um, the same app guy you're mentioning right now. That's helping you with the app. Is it the same guy yeah, or is it a different person? Same guy. Huh. Um, we are building an app and so it'll be a culmination of, of fitness and technique and mobility and yoga and breath work. Um, that is, you know, it's just phone accessible information for people. Um, Free we're going to keep, 
portions of it will be. Um, and then for the, the more advanced levels of information, there will be costs, but it'll be, we're keeping a cap on it. It will not be expensive by any means whatsoever. Um, initially somebody told us we should charge like 50 bucks a month and there's no way, no way at all. Um, so no, totally financially feasible. And so that'll be coming out. I can't put a for sure firm date on it because a lot of it relies upon me getting my act together and filming a bunch of content. Um, and then we're looking to expand our surf trips over onto kind of Central and South America at some point, maybe in 2020. 2019 is kind of already laid out. Um, and, and so professionally just getting – creating all of that into a more fully functioning and established business in a sense. Um, and then I know you and I have spoken before about this personally, but I'm still working on, on some of the, the visa stuff for Australia long. -term. And so that, that is kind of, um, putting a limitation on certain things professionally. Slowing at the down things for sure, right? Yeah. Slowing things down in terms of travel and, entering and exiting countries and stuff like that. Um, so I'd say the biggest thing coming up will be, will be the app. That is going to be something I think really cool. And that will give a lot of people, uh, a lot of really applicable information in a cohesive way that I haven't seen yet. Uh, so, so that's probably what I'm most looking forward to in the near probably 2019 ish. And then, yeah, we've got quite a few awesome surf trips, all of which are full at this point, except for our North Sumatra boat trip in August. So I'm, that's a plug, man. That was a shameless plug there. August, 2019 North Sumatra surf coaching boat trip. Yeah. I'll ask for the link as well for this one. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Thanks, man. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question regarding the app and the videos. Okay. So this comes from also a personal, um, think for, for myself a lot of people ask me to put out there a, um, a course and promote the course i do have a course online i have something that i have recorded with like follow this link and press here and do this and do that like and then you will perform better or uh, or have a, a growth mindset improve your mindset etc but i find it okay nice interesting why not put in there something that is cheap with big value and so on but i prefer prefer really building the relationship with the person working with someone for long term one-on-one -on -one, face to face or remotely that's where i get it i get my kick from is how what do you think about that for yourself like you have a lot of content there that is available online so as I mentioned earlier, like my bread and butter, like my prayer primary driver is my one-on-one -on -one work with clients. Like I am a practitioner through and through. And, you know, this morning I was doing manual therapy and tissue work and this afternoon I'll be training. And yesterday I was running a foundation training class. And so that is me, but my location and also my fees kind of limit a lot of people's ability to necessarily learn from me. And so- yeah, I think the internet has opened up this realm of information and it's also made it more financially accessible for a lot of people. So, and I would say that your space is maybe slightly different than the fitness space. And I say this in terms of, in regards to finances and the cost of your course or my course is that an app, people nowadays with fitness expect an app right? It's just, we want it on my phone. I want it right now. I'm in the gym. Everybody else has an app. I need an app. So everybody's like, man, make an app, make an app. So finally we're making an app. But the fitness realm has almost undervalued itself. People don't ever want to spend more than eight, $8.99 on an app or something, you know? And then to be very frank, my hourly rate is $135 an hour. And there's a lot of people that can't afford that and are astounded by that and think a personal trainer is 25 bucks an hour or something. So this app and what I would consider is maybe what you can do with your work is making things more financially feasible. So at the end of the day, you are helping to influence a larger population of people yeah exactly that's the um, idea behind it like it's out there and it's not an app of course it's a course and it's a lot yes. cheaper than my usual yeah. fees that are around what you charge as well yeah mm. yeah I, I say i say go for it and the biggest thing that i think i have had to face around starting to build an app but then also starting to share my products it's become 
a work on self-growth and self-worth because do I value myself and my work enough to market it and make a Facebook ad and have people talk utter shit to you, you know? And so it's this, am I ready and able to step into my new self and push this work? Am I confident in myself and of my work and its ability to influence people to put it out there and charge something that shows value in it and that other people will value? It's this, it's this, it's a aspect of being an entrepreneur that I think a lot of people don't talk about, you know, is the selling of yourself. Um, Cause a lot of that's centered around self-worth and identity. For sure. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier that your level of satisfaction is around eight on, yes. in terms of where you are at today. Okay. So yes. what stops you? What do you think stops you from being already in nine or 10 every day on a regular basis? My, just simply my own self and my own self expectations and what I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And then I realized that a lot of that is just social constructs that have been imprinted. But, you know, from our space as well, we're entrepreneurs. And like, what do you see all the time? You see Gary Vaynerchuk telling people to sleep only four hours a night and fucking hustle all the time and do all this shit. And you see people putting it on social media. And, and so there's this almost personal feeling I have, like I need to be working, I need to be doing, I need to be more succeeding, I need to be more successful, I need to have it done now, I should have had it done yesterday. It's probably those self-imposed expectations that dampen down Are you more a, uh, a work hard kind of guy or work smart? Getting to be smarter, definitely smarter. Um, and just, I think over the last probably year or two, I've come more to realize how I work efficiently, you know, like I'm not a get, I don't, I don't like waking up early unless it's for surf. And I've, I don't wake up at 4am and fucking start hustling until 8pm. I've come to realize like yourself, I can work really well in chunks. And so I have a couple chunks throughout the day. Um, so it's becoming to start working a lot smarter. And again, starting to reflect more on, yeah, that was a successful day. I should feel good about that. I don't, you know, I don't need to feel like I should have hustled for another four hours just because some dickhead on social media is saying he was up till 3am, you know, doing work or whatever. Um, so I comparison I think, is a thief of joy. Oh, intensely my friend and our our plight of life now with social media is so it's it's just made that such a disgusting beast yeah very much so excellent we're coming to an end to this conversation here this has been awesome i have a couple of awesome. more questions here to uh, ask you so one is about success so i'd like you to tell me what do you think about the word success? What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about success? It's been money. And that's been something that's fucked me up the last couple of years is that most of my self-value around success has been financially based due to upbringing. I, I know where it comes from. And so the last couple of years has become, again, aware of that and moving away from that and finding kind of value and success in other areas of life that aren't just financially based. Again, that, that's another thing that's kind of capping my 10 out of 10 on a daily basis kind of thing or self-imposed financial expectations of things. Okay. Achievement is? Achievement is being content and happy with where you are. And it's a hard thing to actually work on. Again, because of this, like that quote you just said, we're, we're constantly looking at ourselves in comparison to others. And so I think it's, it's achievement is doing things and becoming a person that you honestly can reflect upon and be happy about and content with. I think happiness is so fleeting. Social media makes people think you need to be fucking happy and butterflies and cotton candy all the time. It's not the case. It's contentment and, and being content in yourself and where you're at and what you're doing. Beautiful. I think on this one, we can end this amazing, great conversation that I was looking forward to for so long. You are hard fish to catch, man. <laughs> we made it happen i'm stoked i really appreciate the opportunity to chat next time in Nintendo, we'll have to for sure link up i'll come over and see your little one when are you coming back 
Um, I will be there in April. So we're doing a trip in the mental wise. And then at about April 15th, I'll flick over to Bali for a little while, probably a week or two. Excellent. So I look forward to having you here. Uh, you and Fiona meet, uh, Absolutely. meet also my wife. She is, uh, yes. she's a great, um, artist, I would say artist of life. She's beautiful. She's, she does yoga, nutrition, uh, all of that stuff that we all love. Wicked man. Look forward to it, my friend. And thank you so much for allowing me just an outlet to rant and ramble, but no, I really appreciate it, man. Very much so. Oh, my God.